Yeah, so thank you, Deck and Vanessa, for joining me today on on the Intangible Podcast. It's great to have you guys on. And thanks for having us. Well, yeah, thank you, thank you. And I mean, could both of you just quickly introduce yourselves for the podcast? Yeah, so I'm Deqa Hussein Wetzel. I am the founding director of a nonprofit called Urbanist Media, uh, which is an anti-racist community preservation organization and uh, a historic preservationist by trade, urban planner. Um, and also the co-host and producer of the Urban Roots podcast with Ms. Vanessa. So that's my cue. Hi, I'm Vanessa Cork. I'm a cities journalist and podcaster, storyteller, and the co-host of the Urban Roots podcast. And you may have heard me on uh, City of the Future, which was a podcast I worked on for a while, and also Uncertain Things, which is another podcast I do. Yeah, and I'm, I, I had a quick question about what really got you guys into this into this field, right? Into historic preservation. It's an amazing field, and both of you do this amazing podcast. So, what what led you to become interested in such a topic? So, I am the one who has had the preservation hat on and have learned the journalistic trades, um, the podcasting trade, um, kind of over time, especially through working with Vanessa. Um, but what got me into preservation was probably from starting off with under my undergraduate in urban planning and kind of being tapped into it a little bit there. But, you know, really always having this desire for, you know, I was wanted to be an architect growing up. And so I think over time it kind of morphed into, hmm, what about buildings in terms of, you know, the preservation angle, uh, architectural history, Um and so that's where my interest in preservation grew. I went and got a graduate degree in historic preservation at the University of Oregon. And then there was just something about Oregon being a very white city spaces. Like there's a lot of whiteness in Oregon that I, as an African-American, just felt a little bit just like disconnected from people because I didn't immediately see people around me looking like me. And like, I mean, to put it frankly, I live in Cincinnati now and like, I literally see more people of color in the Kroger, like in a single Kroger than I did in all of like Eugene. So um, that, that kind of inspired my interest in, in history and then kind of like really taking preservation into this, like, you know, from the tangible to the intangible. Mm. So storytelling and such. Yeah. With a focus on African-American history. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, my journey to preservation is newer than DECA's. Um, so I got my start in architecture and urbanism journalism. So I wrote for a publication called Arc Daily, Metropolis Magazine. Um, and as I was doing City of the Future, I started getting into real estate development mm -hmm. um, and learning about that aspect of the built environment. But preservation wasn't really on my radar more than maybe the occasional like adaptive reuse project that I thought, oh, that's neat. Um, yeah. So like adaptive reuse being, let's say, like I would come across a project of a, of a neat historical building and they've turned it into a coffee bar and they've maintained the interesting brick that used to be there or some sort of tile. And it was more just kind of like uh, an interesting design play was kind of the only way I would come across um, his, historic preservation, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and so when Decca and I started Urban Roots, which we began in, uh, around 2020, just from a mutual discussion of, 
Um, like, you know, I, from my side, I wanted to do something that I felt was meaningful with my podcasting skills. And I think Deco was very much coming across projects of African-American history that just kept being demolished or not taking any, uh, nobody was taking any attention of them. Um, and she wanted to raise awareness around the work she was doing. And there was kind of a mutual agreement that we wanted to work together. But at that time, when I thought about historic preservation, I was thinking about it in the very old school, traditional way of you have a building, we want to save it before it gets knocked down. So like yeah. when we would come up with episode ideas, I was like, we need a building that we can like garner awareness around. Like, you know, this is the point of our podcast. And over time, talking with Decca, talking with other people we've interviewed, I've realized that when you're focused on African-American history, like that's a trap. Focusing on the physical buildings is a trap because so much of the history of African-Americans in this country means that the place, the physical places aren't here anymore, right? When you think about what's saved in terms of architectural significance, you know, maybe a, a, a log cabin that held enslaved people, that's not going to have architectural significance. So like in the traditional preservation field, it wouldn't be maintained. And so it might have been knocked down or it might be in a dilapidated state. Um, and so I realized over time that when you're, when you're talking about preserving African-American history and history of, of other marginalized groups or underrepresented groups, you can't only talk about the physical things that are left over. Um, and then there, like that kind of light bulb made me realize why the podcast is so important because we capture the stories. We capture the stories that people have, the things that aren't in the archives, um, but that have been passed down for generation to generation. So now Decca calls me a preservationist, which I love, which I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with, but she says that I'm doing the work of preservation just through the podcast that we're doing. For sure, for sure. And I think that's a very important thing to that. I, I have to remind myself of too so many times it's like it's not the building right it's it's the what the meaning behind the building it's the meaning behind the culture it's not just we're not just trying to preserve the architecture here it's a lot more than that it's the entire culture and I, yeah I mean shifting gears to just the urbanist media project and the urban roots project I'd love to hear just more about what the impressive things you guys do on I mean it'd be yeah so in with urbanist media i came across this this kind of crossroads in um recognizing where preservation has a lot of gaps and and part of it is not just preservation has gaps like as a field but urban planning and architecture has gaps because these disciplines don't really work together very often mm -hmm. um, a lot of development happens um without community input and when I was in school for urban planning, I'm learning all these things about like community engagement and charrettes. And I, I think I realized, especially because actually we started the nonprofit after starting the podcast. It was the podcast that uh, after we we got our first season out in 2021, the excitement from people at the community level in Cincinnati was, yeah, it was so it was really like empowering for me. I felt like, wow, like the work I I've always thought that putting together a podcast that uh, Urban Roots tells, you know, or unearths little, sorry, it unearths little known stories of urban history. Mm -hmm. um, but focusing our first season on Cincinnati, um, where I, I live, it, it was really exciting for me. It's my hometown. And so a lot of the uh, people who heard and who are a part of the podcast because we have a lot of interviews from people on the ground in the community you know that connected them to their place more that connected them to us and they felt comfort comfortable and confident with us 
So that helped me be able to launch Urbanist Media, particularly focusing on how the I could fill the gaps in preservation in Cincinnati. And that includes pretty much just anything that focuses on really people of color at the forefront, especially African-American people. That's the, the largest minority group here. Um, and so that work was, that was, that was, th that launched and it kind of just went into like, you know, there was specific tangible preservation work that needed to be done. Lots of like nominations for people of color or, my, or just communities that didn't have a lot of resources. And then, um, so that's one part of the work we do. We do podcasting work with Urban Roots and, and we really like to help other people in other schools with podcasts as well. Um, and we do do that since University of Cincinnati, actually my alma mater, the urban planning program. Um, we helped with some housing systems classes work <laughs> and um, that that's actually reflected in some of our bonus content. Um, and then we have some upcoming exciting stuff we're doing with Northern Kentucky University, which I also am an adjunct professor at where I teach intro to historic preservation. Um, before I talk about Urban Roots Podcast, Deca, do you want to tell a little bit about like the listen and learns? Because I think that's a really good example of how the work we do with Urban Roots Podcast has like a virtuous cycle with Urbanist Media and the work we do as a non-for-profit. Yeah, there's this kind of idea that was born off of the podcasts were were really fun to do and great. And 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 I wanted to kind of get back into the community and bring that and bring that store the stories kind of back into play. Um so we had thought about doing what we call listen and learns. And so we started actually Vanessa and I did a couple um virtually with the Biddy Mason episode um, and the Greenwood Cemetery episode from season two. And that was a great like test pilot to see, you know, how well that works and, and, and then wanting to take that into the community here in Cincinnati. So I am now I've coordinated three in-person listen and learn sessions in mm -hmm. Avondale, Evanston and South Cumminsville, the communities that we focus on for our season one podcast episodes. And then I, really just like to put a lot on my plate and take things a million steps further. So I have actually pers applied for a personal grant and arts wave. What's a local um, organization arts waves, black and Brown artist grant. And um, that's one of the, one of the ways that I started the podcast in the, in 2020 was because I was awarded a, a similar grant from that organization. Um, so I applied again um, this past year and was awarded to do a urban renewal documentary film. And so it'll be, you know, it's a pretty it's a sh short film and it's really going to be drawing from the interviews from the episodes. We talk about highway, I'm gonna narrate the the conversation around, you know, what is what is the history of the highway? How how is this historically impacted people of color? And and um, my I've put in my podcast team to help me with that. So Vanessa here and also Connor Lynch, he's our editor. Um, so in, but in order to do a video um, with the fact that I already learned, start working on the first season, that there's a limited amount of African-American resources that historic resources out there, um, like archive wise. So oral histories were lacking also like photographs and, and, Kind of being able to see documents and things like that that pertain to the African-American experience that could help tell the stories of what people experienced, like, for example, with urban renewal and how that how that time impacted them. Um, so I 
talked to my friends at the Cincinnati Public Library, and they have partnered with me to do archival scanning sessions. So these listen and learn activities that I just mentioned are actually coupled on the same day. Each community has a listen and learn and then an archival scanning session after. And that will be like you know, people from the community coming and getting their photographs scanned. And then the library will, they have staff there to help with, with doing this. And then they'll give them a flash drive with the photographs on their flash drive for them to take home and keep. Um, so in a way it helps preserve the, the people's uh, family archives and, and let them keep them and to have them digitize. And then the um, kind of understanding is that, you know, we'll, they'll, the library will have them on their digital library's website and also will allow me to be able to use them for the documentary video. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted Decca to share that because I just think it's a great, a, a beautiful example of how the work we do with the podcast kind of lives on in the communities that she's yeah. working with in Cincinnati. Um, and, and I'll just briefly say in terms of our urban roots and, you know, where I think you know, we're going in the future. I, I'll, I'll say like two two things that were kind of milestones for us. I think in our, sec, uh, our second season allowed us to go beyond Cincinnati to tell stories um, in other cities across the U.S. Um, and I think our Indianapolis series, which was the final two of the season, I think is really emblematic of where we're trying to go um, because it told a really beautiful through line of past to present and to hopeful future because the folks we interviewed there were very very invested in how to redevelop their historically African-American corridor in a way that will respect the history and allow uh, African-Americans who live there now to kind of thrive and go forward and thinking about like, how do we bring business, small businesses back? How do we support the small businesses? How do we make it more livable, more beautiful so that um, it it is both an homage to how thriving the community once was, but also kind of a way to empower people there now. And I think when we went to the historic African-American neighborhoods district and district summit in Atlanta this this past year, thanks to um, a, an organization in Indianapolis that we worked with, the Urban Legacy Lands Initiative, thanks to their st stipend for us, we met so many people doing this thing called preservation-based economic development, which is exactly what I'm talking about in Indianapolis, like using history as a springboard for the future. Uh, to have more inclusive development, just uh, kind of uh, stymie the forces of gentrification and displacement um, and allow the culture to keep moving forward to essentially preserve the community, not just um, the the physical, right? Um, and I think that is our hope for the future with Urban Roots as we tell more stories across the U.S. and the world that we are not only telling histories that matter, but we're highlighting people in the present day who are trying to make a difference in their communities and use history uh, to build a better future. Yeah, that last thing you said, using history to build a better future. I mean, that yeah, that that's I mean, that's a great saying. I think I'll make that the motto, motto, the title of this podcast. I mean, <laughs> so to to almost build off that, right? We always hear people saying, we should preserve this, we should preserve that, we have to preserve this. And I think one thing people don't really understand, both of you um, did touch on this, but I'd like to um, hear your full opinion on this is like, why is it important to preserve culture? I think people are always like, yeah, we should preserve this. But then you ask them, why are you preserving this? They don't really know. They're like, it was a cool building. It meant something to someone 2000 years ago. So why, why is it important to preserve culture in general? Hi, ah, throw me the hard one first. Okay. Um... I think when you have a sense of what was there 
in your community, in your neighborhood, what happened, you feel a greater sense of connection to the place in your present and you feel more empowered about why it matters to to make sure that we can keep telling those stories in the future. And it's essentially kind of incites um, a kind of, I don't know, like civic responsibility to a place, I think. I think people love history. We love connecting with other humans and understanding that humans that lived in the past had hopes and dreams and fears just as we do mm-hmm. um, and fought for things makes makes me as a person in the present think, gosh, I, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants and I want to keep forth doing the work that they've started. And that means making this place better and also preserving the work that they've done. Um, and in terms of culture, um, I mean, I think going back to what I said before about this idea of the architectural significance being the only reason why we keep a building, mm-hmm. I think if you think about your relationship to your neighborhood right now, you might like some buildings because they look pretty, but you have visceral connections to things because they mattered in your community. The coffee shop that maybe looks a little dumpy, but that where like people met, maybe they organized, maybe they started a movement, maybe there was a poetry session that was transformative, right? And I do think that these things matter. We need to think about new ways of of measuring what matters in a culture. Mm-hmm. But at that time set, that same that said, I also think we need to be more flexible in terms of what preservation means, because I think people think that it means freezing things in time. Like if a corner bodega was important in a particular decade, it's important to save those memories and, and explain why it was important. But it's also, it doesn't necessarily need to stay exactly as it was in like, let's say like 1984 or whatever. You know, there are ways that you can respectfully, this kind of gets back to adaptive reuse. There are ways that you can respectfully acknowledge the history, integrate the history into a building, but still allow it to evolve and change and and meet the needs of the present community. Um, So I know that's not exactly the answer to your question, but I would say it matters that preserving culture matters and the way we do it matters. And it doesn't have to be um, so strict and so kind of um, uh, old fashioned, if you will, like we can think of creative ways to, to preserve uh, that can still allow progress and change and evolution. Great answer. So pre- why preserving culture matters? That was the question specifically yes. culture. Okay. Cause the culture is a becoming a big part of the way that the conversations around preservation have been transforming. So now we call it cultural heritage or um, there is, cultural resource management that's a a whole field of where there's both historic preservationists and archaeologists that tend to work almost under one roof a lot of the times it's like a private company that might own this what they call crm firm crm firm cultural resource management firm and um it's called that yet a lot of those projects are just like they might people have federal might have federal um contracts that will like with ODOT uh you know the Ohio Department of Transportation or or HUD uh the uh, housing and urban development um department of the government and so the development the work that happens like transportation stuff is usually highway oriented there might be building more highway um and it like the, the conversations of what urban renewal has done over time to people of color 
even those ODOT projects, the requirements for historic preservation are very thin um, in terms of the National Historic Preservation Act of 1966. So back in 1966 was basically when the main, uh, there was some laws and stuff before this, like Antiquities Act and stuff like that. But the, the main beef of what preservation is now was really started because of the National Historic Preservation Act of 1966. And a lot of the language in that hasn't changed. Um, so we now are seeing with the National Register, so the National Register of Historic Places is the like national recognition of doc like documentation that says a building is historic or property or a site. It could be significant for its archaeology. Um, but the the culture the cultural preservation that actually happens with those projects is so thin. It doesn't really doesn't actually matter. So what the in a, in a project where you you're using um, you have a federal contract, you're usually helping them fulfill what's called Section 106. Um, it's just like a specific section of that National Register, uh, or it's just a specific section of the um, National Historic Preservation Act of 1966 that says that if federal funds are involved with something that, you know, you need to look into like the historic resources that are in, within a particular area of potential effect from like that, um, the work that's being done. Um, so if there's like a FCC, a federal, you know, communications tower that's being built, um, the the a the area of potential effect or APE is uh, it's a certain like radius around it. And there's a lot of guidelines that have now been come into place because like a lot of you, you will see a lot of co-location towers that are like on top of buildings and um, stuff like that, which which are kind of also like a hindrance to like the you know, the beauty of a community in general, right? So um, in all of these, like, examples, the people in the community aren't really thought about. So they'll still put something ugly up yeah. for an FCC tower if if there's no actual historic-aged resources that might be in jeopardy of having something be diminished, either the view shed or auditory or physically, physical space. Usually it's like when a so a building's going to get demolished because like a highway is going to expand or something. That's that's usually like the the biggest reason to be um, doing that kind of you know cultural resource management work. So really, in like the way that preservation right now sees culture, it is not. It doesn't seem like it matters. Like in reality, if you're in the ground on the ground doing the work, you will see that it doesn't feel that way. So um, you know, I think though, culture matters to everything because. Yeah. It is about the people and it should be about the people in the community and their relationship to it. So for the preservation field, a lot of, so I don't know how much your listeners might know this, but within that National Historic Preservation Act, there's this like 50 year rule. So buildings can only be historic aged if they're 50 years or older or eligible for like historic uh, recognition, right? So that leaves a lot to be included in thinking about, for example, a black legacy land. That's something that we've come across a lot with what we're doing with the people that we've come across in Atlanta with that um, historic African-American district and neighborhood summit conference. That was just like this whole amazing group of people who were doing all this equitable preservation work. Like almost everyone there was black. It was like really, really cool and really powerful. 
and you know the seeing how they still find ways to say that you know culture matters here so that they can make sure that even if the building doesn't exist anymore and it's infill that's going to be built something new is going to be built that the businesses in there are black businesses right that's that's what's important about culture right like it's finding ways to help mitigate and offset what has been done to people and their communities because like that should be the baseline of what like America should be doing in terms of like helping repair and build up people again um but but oftentimes it's just the fact that like if you don't think of the culture then I don't think it's really fair to preservation people other everyone right it's just not fair to everyone and preservation should be for everyone yeah wow yeah yeah I will just quickly underscore to to kind of reinforce what Deck is saying the economic development piece matters right it matters that everything we've done in, in this country has taken wealth away from communities of color and so when you're talking about preserving a place in a community today you have to be very mindful about how are we putting wealth back into these communities when you bring in a black business how are we supporting them to succeed um, and we know that if they succeed they're going to pay it forward and there and there's going to be more people that are able to come and thrive who how are we going to make sure that um they can they're they're able to stay in their community not get displaced because if the prices all go up because the businesses are so successful what happens to all the folks who are in the apartments, are the rents all going to rise? So you have to be very, you have to have like a very holistic perspective when you're thinking about uh, economic development and preservation. And you have to have the folks that are more likely or historically have been more negatively affected by development. You have to have them at the forefront to have. And so that's why I think it's it's really important to understand that preservation, economic development, they are intertwined. Yeah, that wow, that's that's a great point, and I think it's something that I certainly have not considered much, and I think it's some, something a lot of my viewers and a lot of people in general haven't considered much, that idea of economics. I mean, I've heard it before, but I, I do think you guys have really explained it well, so thank you for that, and I mean, I guess, thank you guys for coming on. It's It's been great that, to have both of you on, and you guys have answered all the questions perfectly, and I'm excited to go binge listen to some to some urbanist media episodes, urbanist roots, sorry, urban, urban roots. Yeah, urban roots, yeah. Sorry, some urban roots episodes right now. So it's been yeah. great to have you guys on. Thank you so yeah. much. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Thank yeah, you. thank thank you so much. And yeah, and if people want to listen to Urban Roots, they can find it wherever they listen to podcasts. We yeah. also have uh, our website, urbanistmedia.org. Um, and we, we're on the social medias as well if people want to follow us. So I think Instagram, Deca does a great job with our Instagram, which is Urban Roots Culture. Um, and yeah, and check out our episodes. We have we have a lot and hopefully we'll have more in the future. That's that's kind of what we're at, where we're at right now. We're just hoping to uh, build build our nonprofit and get the funding to keep making more podcasts because there's not a shortage of these stories and we want to keep telling them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you for having us. This is this has been great. I hope that your listeners do under, get to understand the the importance of like all these various areas of where yeah. where preservation is important. And and yeah. And check us check us out. We'd love that. Yeah. Um, and you let us know what you think of the episodes. We'd love to hear from you about that. For sure. That'll all be in the description of this episode. Thanks. So thank you guys so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.